Hi, I'm Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR healer and intuitive. I should have said that the other way. Sounds better the other way. I'm an HR intuitive and healer. Anyways, you're listening to the Heart of It podcast, where we talk about what matters most in the world of HR, the people. And in this episode, we are officially kicking off the fourth and final book in the book club podcast series for this season, which is The Five Element Solution by Gene Hayner. This week, we're unpacking, I think, close to 140 pages because we missed last week as my husband was so gracious to fill in as we talked about five elements at a very basic level and how they were infused in our marriage and how they continue to show up and how they impact and all that kind of fun stuff. But today, the book club that you've loved and enjoyed this entire season and I know has gotten a very near and dear place in my heart is continuing their discussions, having their minds open in a whole nother direction, but at the almost perfectly divine time, as you'll hear as a theme, uh, as we talk about this book, which obviously I'm pumped about because it's on Chinese medicine. Uh, before we get there, uh, I want to talk a little bit about a program that's launching in August, which is called the Disengagement Detox. This is our second cohort running in 2021. It's 100% virtual. It's 10 weeks of small group coaching where I'm going to teach you how to purge out all of those elemental factors that you've taken in that have caused you to disengage from your work, which long story short means that you're just not as passionate about your work as you used to be. And you don't understand why, because you know, you technically love your job, but there just seems to be something missing. Let's undo all of that toxic kind of energy you've been absorbing and processing that you're carrying with you, let's remove that and return you back to where you were when you started on day one. And on top of that, this program is specifically created for my people practitioners, my leaders who care about people, my HR practitioners who are in it for the people. We end the program by reclaiming our vision for people in the workplace. And then we build some amazing practices to strengthen your resilience so that you can combat disengagement in the future, stay engaged so that you can really manifest the change you want for the people that you do this work for. So learn more about that at theheartcenter.com. But that's enough of this. Let's get to this conversation because it is so juicy. Enjoy all of the convos, all of the amazing remarks and insights from each of our members and just marinate on it all. Let's do this. Welcome to this episode of the Heart of It podcast. Uh, the book club is kicking off the final book in our series this year, which is The Five Element Solution by Gene Hayner. Uh, and it's all about discovering the spiritual side of Chinese medicine to release stress, clear anxiety, and reclaim your life. So a little bit of a different... Um, a little bit of a different, uh, you know, topic change from A New Earth, still dabbling in that spiritual aspect. Uh, however, I'll be 
completely frank and honest that obviously I was intrigued when I saw this book come out because of what I am studying uh, and always looking for new books that maybe make Chinese medicine easier to understand because a lot of the books that I love are very cryptic and, quote, and quoting a lot of the Chinese classical literature, which I find very beautiful, but it's also like reading poetry all the time. Um, and so looking for people running it through and translating uh, into the lenses. In particular, the five elements and the personalities uh, I found very intriguing. And so when I saw this book, uh, and even from what I've read so far and the way she's laying it out, um, I really liked this approach. This is definitely something very different than what I'm learning traditionally in my studies, like still aligned uh, with what is being taught, but just really taking it from a very different type of lens. Um, so what I thought would be kind of cool, because, you know, the listeners have probably gotten to know all of us uh, as we've gone through all this and we've gotten to know each other. But I'm really kind of intrigued if people are willing to share like what their makeups were for their uh, five element personalities, at least dominant or non-dominant, whatever, uh, whatever you're willing to share. Um, and, you know, as a person who asks the question, I will always go first, you know, to take the pressure off. But my dominant personality is water. I basically check everything on the box there. Um, and then my subdominant is fire. Uh, that's by like two less. Uh, so those really are really high for me. Uh, routinely, any assessment I take for five elements, that's what is delivering for myself. Um, and as we talk a little bit more, it probably gives this group at least a better idea as to, yes, I'm a podcaster and I'm a speaker and a trainer, but really at heart, I'm a deep reflective soul. Um, and so uh, what you're seeing when I'm talking is my fire and it comes out in like little blips and blurps and sometimes um, not really. I mean, Ben and Karen probably have seen my fire passion uh, rants periodically and those are now you know where they come from is this deep <laughs> uh this depth of uh reflection that i sit in on a regular basis so um yeah so those are mine anyone else willing to share so my um my dominant was wood with 14. <laughs> And my next up was Earth with 13. Um, and I was 100% not surprised by it at all. <laughs> and, um, and I know we'll talk about it, but it, this book, I think what I really enjoy about it so far, that's the dog <laughs> collar, <laughs> um, is, you know, in a lot of personality, specifically like personality tests that you take for work, they say like, you're this type and this is how you can work with other people. And what I love about this book is that you are predominantly this type, but everyone has a little bit of every type and you will inevitably in your life interact in a way that's not like your dominant personality. And that those things kind of complement, and it's like a cycle, right? Which made me think a lot about the last book um, and how this is just like a constantly evolving thing, but that you have like some dominant elements that will always stand out. So yeah. I'm excited to talk about this with the group. You know, what's interesting. And that's a great point, Karen. And right before this, like literally right before we started reading, I had a feng shui, a friend who does feng shui consulting. She came to the house 
to help me with my daughter who's been having trouble sleeping just to check the room energetically and all that kind of fun stuff. But she runs um, Chinese astrology charts. So she looks at elementally what you're comprised of when you come into this world. And she commented on my daughter. She said she's probably one of the most balanced people I've ever seen because all of her elements were very close to 20% a piece. Um, but I think her just even saying that to me when I took this assessment was like, well, I want to have all five. I want to be balanced. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want one to be really low. Like, <laughs> so it's just interesting how it totally shifted my mindset in those, like that one little comment that she made, which she probably has no idea that that rippled with me. So what up Ben or Liza? Do you guys want to share what your dominant was? Uh, my dominant, I'm sorry, Liza, was uh, fire and water. I feel like when it comes to mine, I'm very emotional, but like sometimes I can like hold that back and just try to be like chill and relaxed. But like, especially when it comes to work, a lot of situations where it's like I have to be so professional, but when people are just like yelling at me about where's my paycheck or how do I access ADP, and I try to like hold it back, but then there's other certain situations where it's like my friends and I just can't hold back on just like unleashing all of my might then it's just kind of like i got a little bit of everything so i answered i think 11 on every single one of them so i really think that when it, i'm overall well like i guess have all the five in me but like one thing that i like to describe myself as which a lot of people take it as negatively is an enigma i know that sounds odd to say but like i try to be a little different than everyone else and just have like different personalities come out in different situations where it's like i'm with the boys when have a little fun then like in the work i'm just going to be a little more just like professional and try to have like all these different kinds of like bends come out not just a specific <laughs> one i love that <laughs> that's why that's awesome that you are well-rounded that way yeah. though you're pretty even keel and and it's easy for you to to turn one on and turn one off and depending on the situation that you're in that's like that's like a superpower <laughs> sometimes when it comes to sports don't get me started i get very <laughs> i'm not joking actually but sports would be would that fall under fire uh yes since i have a very high passion for it and it's just like my friendships, like when my friends are like, you're being so aggressive, it's like, I really care about you guys. That's why I'm like mm -hmm. being so like fierce versus like when I'm dealing with my associates, I try to be hold that back because they're my teammates and they're the people I want to help serve, but I can't get too connected because we got to keep that work relationship with like the family and like the work out of it sometimes where it's just like, there's certain situations where you know you have to be so like fiery like i know this is gonna sound weird but when i got my fedex job i was so happy and i was looking back at our my uh northeast district regional uh fedex emails and my manager said he was the most happy i've ever heard me one i'm like i've got a job and it's like so hard now and he's just like i was shocked i'm like i'm not <laughs> How about you, Liza? Um, well, I mean, I took, I've never done anything quite like this before. Uh, my lowest was water as an eight, which really surprised me because when I was reading through it, I could relate to so much. 
Um, so I don't know whether my water may be depleted right now because, um, and as I was reading on, it talked a little bit. Now I know, Sam, you said something about you're pretty consistent, like, and that was one of the questions that I had <clears throat> up to this point. Is this the kind of thing that is going to remain consistent no matter what you're going through? Or can you be depleted? I, I think my water could be a little bit depleted because in the past I have been told up and down, good and bad, that I am this water type, you know, in reading those things. But my water is depleted. So I think I can own that. Um, but I was a little confused because my next was wood at 12. But I scored a 15 out of 15 for fire, earth, and metal. Whoa. Wow. So I've been trying to understand what that means. Clearly, I'm out of balance. <laughs> Clearly, I must have an awful lot going on, which I would, I would agree with. I would agree with. Um, and I'm very connected to another, I don't know how you put it, but um, sort of spiritually. And so I'm always interacting at some point on a spiritual level. And, uh, you know, a long time ago, I, I made a request for wisdom. And it, it was a long time, many years ago, 30 or more years ago. And I feel that I've been on that journey and I'm very grateful for it. But it was odd to have wood at 12, so it's still pretty strong, and then slamming on fire and earth and metal. And uh, so I, it just left me with a lot of questions and like, what can I do to make this healthier? <laughs> I need to replenish my water. <laughs> the one thing that I will say when reading this, um, <clears throat> so there's a, a very famous book that came out in the 80s called Between Heaven and Earth, where two acupuncturists that studied in London put together the first five element personality test that's built off of Chinese class classical literature. And it, I would say, is really on point. Uh, Jean Hayner, clearly, she's now run this through her filter. So there were some things on here when I was taking the assessment, just because I, because she has the category. So knowing what I know about the elements, I was a little intrigued about how she's doing this. So to your point, Eliza, she definitely has set it up to base it off of life circumstances to identify where you are not balanced and less so about where maybe your dominant constitutions are whereas that's what between heaven and earth is what they're really focused on is what is your dominant coming in and they do believe that there's always going to be one dominant um kind of makeup but then you kind of fluctuate and become balanced and we always do have all of them in some point uh if you have none of one it's gonna be blazingly obvious <laughs> and quite a struggle for you. So I think that's interesting how, because she did a really nice job of translating this into a self-help book, let's just be realistic, to integrate healing and restorative practice, which I really like. Um, but it's just like, it's a whole nother take. It just, uh, of looking at um, all of this. So yeah. 
That's cool. I thought a lot about, um, so my two do most dominant were wood and earth. And I thought a lot about, so I think like fundamentally since, since I can remember like myself being myself, I think I'm very much like a wood person, right? Like my personality is very aligned with wood, but I thought a lot about, um, the earth element personality. And I think that that has significantly changed or become more a part of my life since I've become a mom and a parent. And I mean, obviously that's really like the basis of the earth element personality, but I also think about the impact that the last year has had on like where I, where I'm prioritizing certain things and maybe where I would have gravitated on saying yes or no because of just, being a parent in this last year has been like, it's been very central, right? Because it's been in my face every day. Um, and I, I've just thought a lot about just the circumstances when you take this personality. Again, I think Sam, your point is yes, there are things that are foundational to who we are. But I think, you know, if I do this in 10 years, depending on what the circumstances will be in my life, I wonder if another one of these elements might rise and one might fall compared to now. Um, and I, I, I really like, um, I like this idea of how each of the elements follow each other, right? So that there's, there's always relationships between them and then also how they bounce off of each other. Um, I think I'm interested in that obviously from, you know, the earth perspective or the earth element is really trying to understand relationships in general and <laughs> enjoys relationships. And so I, I really like the, I'm always thinking or analyzing that, right? Like when I'm interacting with someone like, Oh, how do our personalities match or how do they not match? Or what can I learn from this person? Right. Um, and I think this book does a really great job of helping you tease that out. Well, this adds this whole concept of how you feed each other and how, you control each other, which is not in a negative fashion, but actually help and equip the the next. And so those two cycles that are embedded in the map, which are um, directly you know tied to nature, I think is amazing to me because it just shows how you know so many personality assessments. When I've taken them, it's always like, well, here are the people that are going to butt heads. Here are the people you're going to have challenges with. You know, here you might have challenges, but. Uh, in the greater scheme of things, you are helping that person. So like there's no makeup of combination that is not nurturing and restorative in some fashion because of the way that all the elements are linked. So even like that statement that she talked about with the doctor where they were trying to train them on how to diagnose five element and they could never master it, but they kept having success no matter what element they started with uh, because it's all linked, um, I think that's a fascinating lesson just to talk about people dynamics that you can't do no harm as long as you start somewhere, <laughs> you know? And if we apply that to all the other books that we just read, um, that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. There's a point at which you realize as you're reading, you know, if, if, something is very strong, it, it could be to your benefit or to your detriment. And it's up to you to be honest with yourself as to which it is. And I, I love that. Sometimes it's not clear, 
you know, and you and you almost need to find someone to bounce it off of or or talk to about it. But this this was really cool. I mean, it makes so much sense. And um, I guess I I'm also asking uh, another question I had was what about you know air. And is that one of these, or is that something different entirely? Because it would seem that that has to be an element, I would think. Yeah, not in a ch not in Chinese medicine, so they don't have air. Okay. I think air, the closest it gets to is the metal element. I mean, metal is also associated with autumn, and I don't know why I think of the wind with the autumn, but they talk about uh, wind, like air uh in chinese medicine translates to uh windy uh which is actually a diagnosis like so they it's a condition that impacts our elemental constitution uh so it's weird how they translate that but i i thought that too because i always was i always forget about metal because i always think metal is supposed to be air but it's not it's metal <laughs> that makes sense that makes but they sense. do talk about air and they use it as a diagnosis like dampness and coldness and heat uh, wind, um, like they'll say, practicing Qigong in a very windy day is not uh, a good idea because of how it penetrates through us and what it's doing to our body mm -hmm. and things like that. So, um, it's a lot, there's so, there's so much, like, this is like, that's why I love reading all these books because as someone who just started studying, you know, two years, two plus, two and a half years ago, like, I feel like I'm diving into this pool of, I wish that I had that ancient knowledge that I woke up and was born into a family that just started teaching me it from day one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm really interested in, so the, the health issues that are associated with the imbalances so, you know, the public health person in me read these and I was like, oh, why? And then, you know, I was thinking about my wood, wood, my wood personality that wants to be logical. And I was, I'm really interested. I don't know, Sam, if you have any insider books you can recommend, but the why behind, you know, first of like, I'm going to give an example, the liver imbalances or gallbladder issues when you have a wood disharmony, right? Like, what is it about that? what energies are happening with that personality that like have a blockage there that cause issues in that part of the body. I'm, that was just fascinating to yeah. me. Like I, I could read a whole book on that. <laughs> I just thought it was so interesting. Between heaven and earth. Yeah. It covers all of that. It dives into the organs uh -huh. in great detail because it's a Chinese medicine text. Yeah. So, uh, but you right. probably would, yeah, you would love all that. It links all of this on a heightened level. So this is like baby book. That's like the adult book. <laughs> The other, you know, the other thing I think it's really important, and I noticed it when you made the comment around your daughter and how you had a feng shui expert came in and you kind of like, you were like, you know, and all that stuff. And I think, I, I think a lot about that and I've reacted a lot more to it because um, these are not the types of books that I would have read in the past. I'm interested in it, but no one's ever put them in front of me and said, hey, you should look at this. Um, just how important it is for us to kind of start looking outside the proverbial box of what is so, you know, Western medicine or Western um, 
literature, Western knowledge, and like opening our eyes to other things and not thinking that it's strange, right? Like that it's, that it's also normal. It's just not something that we're used to all the time. And I really appreciate the ability to think about my day-to-day, my personality, my interactions, my relationships in a framework that's very different. Um, and for us to start normalizing like things that we're not used to reading every day. Um, so I, I think this stuff is fascinating. I, I just think it's so interesting. And I, and I wish that we didn't, and you probably didn't do this on purpose, but I caught it because I think that people do that a lot, right? So like, I can give an example, like my mom goes to acupuncture and a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, acupuncture, that stuff. And like, that's medicine. It's the mm-hmm. same, but like we have othered it almost. Yep. So it's it's just so interesting. I, I love the ability for us as this group to be able to be exposed to new things and then hopefully the ripple effect of being able to share it with others because... I think this is a really interesting way to talk about your health issues, your mental health issues, the energies that are traveling through your body and how they're impacting you positively or negatively, um, and just having a different framework for thinking about it. You know, it's so funny that you said that because one of the cures that the feng shui expert gave my daughter was to clear the four corners of her space before she goes to bed using like a bell chime kind of thing. So every night before she goes to bed, she literally has a ritual now that she's been doing. And she's been sleeping like a log since. So she has no reason not to do what this lady at, like, requested because it's working. And um, so she goes around the corners and she's doing this chiming thing. Um, and then she periodically sages. And, and this is, my daughter is nine. Like, podcast listeners know this. She's been a guest on here and she's very open about all this kind of stuff. Uh, and so we just had an aunt visiting from California who knows that I've been studying, but hasn't really heard about all of these kinds of things. Um, And so we were literally sitting there, you know, um, having a glass of wine after dinner and here goes this bell. (laughs) And she says, what is that? So she like ran upstairs and Madeline's just like, I'm clearing my space so that no unwelcome energies are around me while I go to sleep. And I'm just like, that's, that's cool that she's just that cool, calm and collective to talk about that. Cause how many of us might not do something that works because we want it through a filter of what people are going to think. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's, I don't know at what point we moved away from this knowledge, but it reminds me of, Uh, If you go into an Orthodox church, for example, you can call it smells and bells. You've got bells and you've got incense going. And as part of the ritual, the priest will walk and he will sway the incense. And that is spiritual. And there are specific incenses that they use. And it's to clear the room. But nobody talks about that. And we have removed ourselves so the knowledge is buried deep somehow. Um, and I love like learning. I'm fascinated to learn about this because it, it, it just makes total sense. It really, just like uh, in our own medical fields uh, today, we separate out, we have ear, nose, and throat. We have your lung doctor, we have your x-ray technician, we have your kidney doctor, we have your liver doctor, you have, right, and no one is communicating 
and your general practitioners don't necessarily have the knowledge to understand how it's interconnected and only a very few are doing you know functional medicine but this has been around almost since the beginning um, and it's treated like it's some sort of a strange religion and it's not it's all about how how we're designed yeah. and it's not some strange religion no. so you know something that's interesting to me is the earth element so i have earth um i do think that it increased when i became a mother as well i also know that it became um, a place that i struggled with depletion because the expectations and responsibilities of that mother role uh, really overwhelmed me and on top of um, having my fire uh, I also have a very strong metal also that comes up there I have you know I have, I have a lot of them pretty strong according to this one at least here um, so there's a lot of things going on at any given time and then so when I layered motherhood on top of that and activated my earth which I think is probably one of the ones that has been most dormant and I know that because I always surround myself with earth people um, because I have such a depletion of it. So like all my really close friends, whenever they've taken this assessment, like I'll send it to them and they always come back earth. And I'm always like, oh, interesting, interesting. Um, hmm. So, but I, you know, you know, Karen, as you're talking about that and you're like, you know, celebrating your earth, you know, I sit there and I'm like, Wow, when I read all those earth sections, I was like, wow, this is like listing all the things that are like my biggest stressors and are sucking the life energy out of me because of how I how I maternalize things as a mother and the responsibility and the pressure that I put on myself. Um, so it's just interesting how everything is truly a, a, a balance, excessive, de you know, deficiency, um, both you know, are not what we're seeking. We're looking for something in the center to have that true present uh, moment that we can embrace uh, similar to what we were talking about in a new earth. So it's just interesting from even just a different perspective. Ben, you've been quiet. How has your experience uh, been reading this book? Because this is different. <laughs> It's really nice because, like, before, I really never understood why I was, like, had so many different, like, aspects and, like, dealing with life where, like, I tried to be, I guess, in the classroom where you never really got to see the side of me that, like, when I'm with my friends where I'm just, like, so, like, extremely bubbly and, like, I never shut the heck up and people are just like, do you ever shut up? I'm like, no, where others to other situations and just like yeah you know i don't really want to talk and i will kind of just like want to just gauge the room before i go about it and seeing where it's like the fire on like when i'm hanging out with my friends or like going to a brewery it's like that's where like i get so passionate or like going to a sporting event i get so passionate it's not even wild then it's like other times it's like oh i gotta go to work then it's like i have to like figure out how i need to do it where working in hr actually helped me with the, the earth aspect because i was never really understanding how to like take care of people i thought i knew how to then certain situations happen where 
people's livelihoods could be at risk and it's like i have to do whatever i can where it's like mm-hmm. a mix of fire and a mix of earth a mix of wood where it's like you want to help try to figure out what's best for people and i guess just me being a people person and an extrovert i want to like do anything i can where it's like a lot are my one of my best friends he's a major introvert but still like super caring so it's like seeing how different people match up with one another and how someone who's extroverted can have such like fire aspects and someone who's even introverted can have a lot of fire aspects in their life. Yeah. Yeah. How does this go with introversion versus extroversion? Are there certain aspects, certain elements that are, considered more introverted or more extroverted or can someone who's an extrovert be a little bit of anything or or come up anywhere on on the elemental scale or circle so i would say there's probably i think everyone can be everything the one exception would be it's very very infrequent to see a high extrovert as a water uh, unless they're very unwell. So I would say that their extrovertedness is almost symptoms of them having uh, a great imbalance elsewhere. Um, introverts can be everything. Their manifestation of some of these attributes just look different, uh, like in an extrovert world versus an introverted. So like I'm a fire, I have these Um, Someone explained it to me really beautifully where I basically like uh, I'll set myself on fire and I'll flare up and I'll have to calm myself down Um, and then it will keep happening. And I've seen other introverted friends that I have like literally be sitting next to them and they'll call it the heart fire and you'll just see it come up and they'll be like, and then they'll settle. Um, So (laughs) it's uh, it's interesting how it does materialize and, you know, because extroverts put everything out there and a lot of, you know, so we see it introverts. It's happening, but it's behind closed doors unless the symptom triggers for it to materialize out in the public. Um, The with the only exception being water because of the reflective piece that's associated. A lot of extroverts, I find, um, can't shut off the monkey mind enough to be a water like the stuff that like like during lockdown i think my water is so high right now because i like i sat with it i was like oh yeah we're gonna sit here and do an hour-long practice i don't have to talk to people i'm gonna read a good book i wrote like i was i was down in the depths you know like and emerged and like waved at neighbors you know periodically um where my husband was out there like trolling for people because he needed human interaction, which is what the extroverts were doing. Um, it was so funny because my one friend said, I have an extroverted wife. And the one thing she kept telling me the whole time during lockdown was like, please don't be offended, but you're not enough for me. Like you're not enough for me. And he's like, I'm not offended. You know, as an introvert, we can be enough for ourselves, but extroverts need, they need a team. <laughs> at any given time maybe players changing in and out i don't know ben can probably turn that into a sports analogy of some sort (laughs) i feel like that's with bandwagon fans going on like a lot of people it's like oh i'm a fan of the new england patriots because they're winning then because they see a massive fan base and it's like 
they see Tom Brady being successful, then they go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or they go to like Alabama because they see so much like winning. It's like, I want to be a part of that versus like a more introverted person could be a fan of like a very, a, a team like the Indianapolis Colts where it's a very, very specialized market or the Buffalo Bills being a, like being one of those fans is I'm not, or a better example would be the, or the Detroit lions. It's very hard being a lions fan. Cause there's so much like, pain being that seeing your team go oh and 17 and it's like so much of that it's like you have that fire but like you're still wanting to be part of that like specialized market where it's like have a more like introverted aspect and more just like a fire aspect instead like be that versus like someone's like oh i like this player so i'm gonna follow around with every single aspect like the tom brady example or even a better, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, Lamar Jackson, for example, going from like Louisville to Baltimore, which is like two complete different markets. And it's just like, wow, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan where you can have different teams where it's like fans. Like my second favorite NFL team is the Jets, which is absolutely abysmal franchise to be a fan of. But like I have the family ties. So it's kind of like people get so like confused. It's like, the Jets out of all teams. I'm like, yeah, backstory. Then I try to explain it to them or like my second favorite college football teams, University of Miami, Florida. Everyone's like, oh, you're a bandwagon fan because the 1990s and 2000s. I'm like, not fully. There's a whole backstory. It's like people get like so offended. It's like, whoa. Or like Notre Dame fans, for example. I Notre Dame is like one of those like classic franchises where it's like the good old boys and then the people are like, oh, I love Notre Dame or hate them. There's never like an in-between. So I know that was a lot of rambling, but like trying to have that connection with like a big sports team and it's like Cowboys fans. Yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> that's a different story. That was my inner fire coming out, just flaring up. <laughs> I um I love how practical this book seems. So like in the way that it's very um I'm not sure what the right word is, but because it's still like you're still trying to find yourself in that cycle or figure out kind of where your personalities are, it is still very practical. I really appreciate the the ways that you can take whatever element personality that you're in or that you might not be in and they go through this um the remedies around how to enhance it how to drain it or move it into a different area how to control it how to um nourish it right so like to me i think what i love about this is that it's so it's so inclusive right like there's no wrong answer to this that we're all we're all parts of all of this and so if you not if you want to be more water, but if you know that there's imbalance and you need to incorporate more water in your life, that there are ways to do that that can take your your dominant personality into account, right? So I just think it's it's really approachable in a way that's I, I didn't expect, right? I thought like, okay, this is going to be very different for me. I'm not going to know how to, but it's, it's very natural. It feels just very natural reading it. Um, 
And I really like your idea, Sam, about having close people um, take this because now I'm really interested in where some of my friends fall and like some of my family fall because um, I have thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that leads to a question I was having. Um, Is this the kind of thing that you can sort of take for someone who's close to you, who you care about, who you want to help, and maybe you can help them. Um, if, for example, I know that that one of my kids is going through a hard time and I sense that their water is depleted, maybe I can make suggestions that might refill their water, which is a way of helping without coming out with, that you know oh oh honey your water's depleted we gotta (laughs) you know (laughs) well and i think that's the thing i love about this is like yeah the personalities you know personality assessments are always fun i grew up in the era where there was a quiz in every magazine that you wanted to take and figure out your future or what your ideal love interest is blah 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 but at the end of the day knowing about the elements and what they represent and how they feed each other. Like we're all living as a big collective being connected to this one large whole. Um, Absolutely. You know, there's uh, some people who I would say take the assessment and I would, I, I would argue tooth and nail that it is off. Like there is something they are in denial about it with themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I can pull pages from here and say, this is you to a T like there's not one sentence in here that is not you and you can't argue with it. Um, so, you know, sometimes they say personality assessments are even more accurate when someone who loves you and knows you takes it for you <laughs> rather than you taking it yourself because we have blinders on, but Absolutely. I think these remedies, you know, for me, my approach to Chinese medicine is when I see some of the, you know, like the health aspects that uh, you referenced, Karen, we don't talk about it in terms of, I'm to say, well, you know, from a Chinese medicine perspective, that's linked to your liver. That maybe means that you are experiencing uh, high emotions of rage and anger. So maybe we should work through that or there's these breathing exercises we can do, but you know, how can I use some of those remedies to help and nurture that because I'm seeing those things without them really knowing. So like I've, I've customized gift baskets and they are elementally provided to people like their Christmas gifts and things are now all in tune with uh, a lot of it elements of what I think they need to be more balanced. And sometimes even just to nurture their dominant uh, constitution when I've realized what that is. Um, so yeah, to your point, Liza, I would, I would do it. I don't think there's, and once again, you can't miss a mark. If you nurture any element with those people, you're helping with their wellness. So if you had a, every year, everyone gets an earth basket, everyone gets a, a <laughs> water basket. They're all going to be making that element healthier and then it's going to feed uh, the rest of them. So I just, I love it because it is, it's so natural. It's so simple. And I think we try to make things so complicated and wellness is not, it's, it's, it's this, like some of the books that I'm reading right now that I think are groundbreaking, even in regards to nutrition, it's all going back to like the basics, like plant diversity, (laughs) 
not, you know, right. what we've done heavily processed of food is not as great as what we think. Being uh, efficient was not the way to go. Uh, and we're seeing that even with, you know, Karen loving the way it feels to be connected to the earth and going out and gardening and, um, and we're seeing that more and more. I mean, my good friend, he always, every time he gets angry now, he's out in the dirt. Like, I'll call him and he'll be like, sorry, I was digging up a storm. And I'm like, what happened today? Because <laughs> he turns to the earth. So, yeah, it's fascinating. And it it's warms my thing. heart to, like, the... you know, getting to know all of you over the last few months. Um, and Karen, you kind of called it out with, you know, it's all that other stuff. Like... I'm still in that boat of trying to be okay with being open about all this, no matter how much I believe in all of it. Um, and so it really does warm my heart to like, I don't know. I, I was a little hesitant. Like what if they like started reading this book and they're like, what is this? <laughs> we had three great ones, Sam, but um, I have work to do. <laughs> So basing, I know this is my last sports example for the night. So kind of one thing I was just thinking about with this conversation is when basing sports fans off their teams and like how they would fit in with this, I think a kind of like uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan, they have such high fire and a lot of water because everyone hates the Philadelphia Eagles besides Philadelphia Eagles fans. And they always have just like so high expectations and, Another example is the Detroit Lions. I know it's a, a rough franchise and their fans are such fire, but they have such water because it's like the anxiety of them like trying to represent the city and like try to represent their fan base in a positive manner. And it's just like a lot of people try to take out their stress on like sports where that's one thing that I do. It's like I'm having a rough week. I can't wait to watch the Eagles. And it's like I get so excited. Then it's just like ugh, so much bad stuff comes out it's like i get so angry and this is like the the water rises and i feel like everything changes based on like the mood you're in and the situation you're in where it's like a team like i'm trying to think the kansas city chiefs a kansas city chiefs fan would have high fire since their team is doing so great and it's like a lovable franchise and a lot of low water in situations because they don't have a lot of like turmoil within the franchise or don't have a lot of like players where it's like oh questionable players like um micah parsons so he was a penn state graduate who sat out this past season who had off the field question off the field issues where the cowboys drafted him and a lot of people it's like oh i don't want that in my team so like people try to base their try to base their like feelings on the sports teams they represent and sometimes it's hard where it's like when the Eagles picked up Michael Vick in like the mid to late 2000s, a lot of people got so angry and it's just like the water rose at them and people so it's like, I don't want to support the Eagles because of that. And it really just depends on how you view the sports and how it's like a lifestyle for some people like it's for me. Ben, I will say there's a lot of, I have read a lot of literature um, around the impact that sports plays on society and the role that it's played in, like, so if you look at sports um, after World War II, and so there's like, there's a lot of, I think, emotional, personal, like personality connection to sports. 
Um, and I, I think it's, you know, someone's passion might be art or gardening or, and another person's is sports, but I, I think it's, I think there's a, there's a whole, there's a whole world out there. I'm glad you're very interested in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Cause like when I was really young, that was the first thing I really ever watched. And it was just like four or five years old and everyone's watching like cartoons i'm just sitting in front of the tv watching sports center first thing in the morning my mom's like don't you want to watch something else i'm like no this is the most important thing it's just like it's just hard to explain because like certain people have certain things that help them relax their stress and like help with the water aspect and my water and fire raise at the same time and sometimes lower it's just like so hard to tell it's like the earth in me is like, I need to calm down, but this debate is just so intense where it's like people want to hate on the Eagles or like Cowboys fans try to bring up how many Super Bowls they have. I'm like, I try to hold back, but it's just like how, what the intensity of the certain, the certain element that you have at that specific moment too. Yeah. And I wonder, um, one of my kids, one of my daughters, when she was young, every time that there would be a thunderstorm rolling in, she'd be glued to the window watching it rolling in. And then as soon as it started to sprinkle and rain, she would have to get outside and lay down in the grass face up and let it rain on her. And I fought her on that for a long time and eventually gave in because I realized it was something in within her that needed to do that. And she would, at times, stay outside for a long time. Not when it was really cold, you know. But this was something that would go on every summer. And this makes sense. I wonder if you have something that's depleted, if part of you is trying to seek that out. Now, she was a child, so she's going to act on that in a very real and obvious way. She needed her water. (laughs) Or maybe it was the electricity that she needed from the mm-hmm. the, the um, barometric pressure change. Yeah. Who knows what it was? I'm, there's a lot going on with uh, rain clouds. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But she needed some of them. Yeah, That's really but cool. this sort of, this touches on that. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just something that as kids, we automatically try to feed what's depleted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think somewhere along the way we lost touch with the connection, like the, the natural connection that our body has to things, right. That we need. So like we lost that somewhere. Right. I think it goes back to this conversation. I mean, this theme, I think we talk about a lot, which is we've been conditioned to act in, in a certain way because society tells us it's more appropriate to do that. Um, but, I, you know, I believe that the body knows, the mind knows what it needs. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if I can tell you being, I need to get my hands in the ground. Like I need the dirt manicure when I'm stressed out. It's, it's a thing, you know, and there is somewhere along the way we lost touch with that. But I think it's so important and, and it's so, it, it's so clarifying, right? Like it clears your mind and I physically feel healthier when I'm able to connect to that. So, you know, I wish that for everyone. I think that's, I think it's important. From a, 
Chinese medicine perspective, they talk about how water, like just from an overall balancing is the one that we deplete usually first. Like most of us are deficient in water. Um, which I think is why we see this heavy desire for so many people to go to the beach or to get away to the water. Like they're literally going to the element itself. Um, and you'll just hear stories about like, I gotta, I just gotta go and I just gotta put my feet in the water and I gotta just be there. Uh, and I think that's that, that's the, that's the closest they can get to the water element because it can't do the other remedies or cures. Um, it's just too challenging for them or they're too tired, they're too depleted. So, or they're not aware. Yeah. yeah. So I just think that I, I agree with you. I think innately there's always a portion of us that's going to seek it out in some way. And I think gardening is a perfect example of that. I mean, that's literal earth that you're jamming into your hands. Um, so same thing with like metal. Metal is known as rocks. So people, when they're this gravitation towards the crystals and uh, stones or the rock painting, they, you know, so I look at all these things from a different perspective of what really is somebody craving that led them to start doing some of these things the fire the fire making my gosh fire making but also the wood like we have a household here that loves to chop wood like it's a whole family function thing um so i mean and i'm like no judgment i mean maybe there's some very nourishing thing that is happening when they're out there. I mean, they're out there with the old school axe just splitting wood like all times of the year. I mean, lines the property. I think it could be like a fence, a privacy oh, fence for them. Um, so, but um, it's, it's amazing to me. So now I'm really freaked out because I just realized from what you were talking about, Sam, in every house I've ever lived in, I have this thing where I stack rocks around the entire perimeter of the house. <laughs> I have no idea where that comes from. It makes me feel comfortable. And that is what I have always done everywhere I have ever lived. Awesome. And if I lived in an apartment, I would have rocks by the door in a pile. And I have wooden boxes that I collect in my entire living room, kitchen and front porch are stacked with crates. <laughs> and it's kind of freaky. Yeah. I would, yeah, but I mean, literally, you are putting your elements like right there, and it's I mean, gathering and gathering, yeah. gathering. I mean, the, um, it was always it was so fascinating when the feng shui consultants walk around the house, and she's like, "You need more wood," and she's like checking what things are made out of to like justify if there's enough wood in a space. Um, and then she got up to my bedroom and one of the things that I've always hated is white, like white walls, white, like that's, I don't know why, but that was something that's bothered me since I was a child. Like the first thing I would do to get in the house is got to get rid of all the white. And so she walked into my master bedroom and she said, your husband and you both need metal. You need some white in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? So I literally had to go out and buy a white bedspread, but legit, we have both been sleeping better where maddie she needed more earth so her room just got like more uh of the earthy like yellows and orangey browns like she just got a new bedspread for her but it, it's just that's what they're doing they're bringing the elements into each piece so liza you're just it shows that you're yeah. getting that wisdom that you talked about and have been listening in our last house i kid you not i paid way too much money to have massive boulders 
brought in and I made a rock garden with big boulders that wow. I had to sit in the middle of. For, and that was my space. And I have missed it ever since we moved from that property. That's amazing. But I paid way too much money for rocks. <laughs> well, I read but the chapter on metal. It's so there. true. <laughs> and it's so joyful to connect to that. I know, Karen, I see light bulbs going off in everybody's heads like, oh, wow, I have these habits. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Now the whole week you're going to be walking around the house and be like, oh, my gosh, what is that? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's with me, but like I collect duck decoys now, and everyone's like, duck decoys. I'm like, yes, antique what duck decoys or like license plates. I have license plates from every single state, two Native American provinces, five countries, and a bunch of different stuff in Canada. Everyone's like, why do you have that? I'm like, it's just cool. It's like, I know it's like metal and all. Everyone's like, that's the weirdest thing you ever do. I'm like, it's. Not that weird but like people don't understand it then it's like thinking about it, it's like that's why i like it or like signs like i like beer signs and it's like sports signs i'm like this is crazy but just thinking about put so many light bulbs in my head and my mind is blown it's not weird it is not weird i've heard weird things that's not weird <laughs> <laughs> All my friends are like, why do you do this? I'm like, I don't know. I like it. But it's, you know, and for the last year, um, originally when I did this assessment, like in the uh, between heaven and earth, when I was taking on myself, I came out as a wood. Um, and the people that were uh, acupuncturists, five element acupuncturists, said, you need to take it again. Like, that's not right. And so I was like, I know I'm a wood and I'm a wood and I'm a, I'm a fire. And they said, well, there's fire there, but that's not what you are. You are a water. Like they called it out like hardcore. And they said, there's no denying it. And there's actually like, if you do research, there's actually body structures they associate with the dominant elements. So the way that our body makeup actually uh, matches our elemental our dominant element, which is really bizarre to me, but it was on point when I read it. Um, but uh so I went through like a whole year of healing. And what I found was because water and the stuff that we do is not the normal stuff that people do. Uh, the a practitioner I was working with was like, you just got to get used to being weird and just know that it's not really weird. And if they think that it's, uh, you know, it's your thing, like this is what you need to be well. And the fact that they're just all functioning in a state of unwell doesn't mean that you're wrong and you're weird. But it was just like it was a whole year of reminding me, like, I can't I can't do that. Like, I can't go sit on a rock and make these weird sounds like they're going to stare at me funny. Who cares? But you're going to be so much healthier and you're going to feel so much better. Uh, you know, I can't go by myself to that thing. Like, nobody does that. Well, but you need to because it's very important for you to have your time alone. And so it was unlearning a lot of the things that have been instilled that was normal or that I should be doing that actually was causing a level of harm to myself and who I am as a person, whether it's me introverted or going through these, you know, five element personalities. Is that because your dominant uh, dominant element at that time was overpowering? 
an element that was depleted? Could that possibly happen if they work so well, beautifully together? So at the time, my um, the elements that were coming through on the assessment were actually the ones that were out of balance. Like, because they were so erratic, that's how I was answering everything. Um, and so who I truly was, uh, which is a water, like if you if you do research and you read between heaven and earth, like, and you really dive into what these personalities are, um, like at my true essence, I am a water. Like I can take, you know, you could give like a new earth, like a new earth I could take down into some dark place and just fester there for uh, a, maybe a decade and then emerge out and then give you my little heart fire piffs and then go back down. Um, and I can go down those steps where people tell me like, Sam, I need you to sit on the ledge and I need you to use your fishing rod to go grab something from the depths that is insightful, but I can't have, I can't lose you down there because I just get into these places where I, uh, it makes sense to me, but you have no idea what context I am processing because mm. I'm just, I'm brewing at this weird depth. Um, and I've, I, you know, I've done that many times throughout my life and I got shut down and academically predominantly that when it came out that there was something wrong with it, it was too dark um that i was you know too pessimistic um i had a business professor that told me if i didn't fix it that i would fail uh, professionally because nobody would hire somebody who thinks things like this and they weren't awful i would say that they were probably a combination of what simon sinek's book was uh with a new earth so just calling out some of the things that are there so but i didn't have that context so to me it was just these horrible thoughts but they were also making me read these horrible sad things like if you put sad news stories in front of me i'm gonna think death and doom all the time like mm. uh, and we see that fear piece is in the book too um which is really big for a water when they're out of balance is that fear kind of overtakes them and they become paralyzed which was a lot of my life too so um yeah it was very eye-opening to me it was it's <laughs> It's eye-opening to what we need as human beings, as who we are individually. Um, you know, I need solitude uh, and I need darkness. So like I, so here's the weird thing that I do. I like to lock myself in closets and sit in the dark. <laughs> and I've done that for mm -hmm. years, like whether as a girl, and then my husband knows this, anytime things would get too overwhelming, he would find me in a closet with the lights off and I would be laying there in the dark. Uh, and I would be like super quiet, like, so no one can find you, no kids, nobody. Uh, so you somehow have to go and check all the closets to find Sam. Um, but I need the, I need the darkness. There's something about the darkness and the stillness, which is what feeds my soul as a water. Um, going in the dirt, it does nothing for me. <laughs> you no, know, you're saying that. And now I'm thinking about this, like, Liza, you were like, we're all having light bulb moments. So when I am really upset, like when I need to just either cry or like just be in my own feelings, I have to be in the shower. Like I have to be under very hot water. Like very really cool. It's like a weird thing. <laughs> I'm like thinking about it and just, and, and there are thing. like, oh, sorry. There are really, um, there are very poignant moments in my life. So I think I've, I've talked about this the night that my dad and my sister were killed in a car accident. I spent the entire night in the shower. Like, so my best friend drove me to my mom's house. 
Um, and we got the news and then I sat in the shower like all night. And then I got out to let the shower warm up again, the hot water warm up. And then I sat in the shower, like, and I, I'm just thinking about like, I'm just thinking about that weird thing that I do. It's crazy. (laughs) It's It's not so weird. Wow. So now I need to read the water side again. (laughs) My weird thing is that every morning I'm up at 420 in the morning. The first thing I do is walk the dog. As soon as I get outside, I have to throw my hands into the air and I look up and I have a conversation with my ancestors. And I say, good morning, good morning, good morning. And I feel the energy. And I can do that midday. But when I do it midday, it can be a little overwhelming because I don't know what I'm looking at because I'm looking into eternity. And the energy is massive. And, um, but that is, I will literally soak it up. I even put it in one of my social posts because that is what I do. I can do that. But different times of day is different energy. But it is my way of directly connecting to whatever I don't know, but gives me some oomph, gives me direction. And it is really weird. And therefore, I will never be able to live where I have neighbors because (laughs) they won't get it. be my neighbor Liza I will I would love to listen that's what I was just thinking I was like I would love if my neighbor was doing that I would be like I would come out with all my words look out and there's your neighbor hey (laughs) I love that so much see that's in line with some of the weird things that like I know that I should be doing like that I'm feeling called to do but because of because I do live in a neighborhood where like I feel like the moment I go outside, it's like everyone else is outside, and they're all like, <laughs> and I'm like, why are you watching me? And like, why is everyone turning around in the cul-de-sac at this moment? Like, I just want to meditate for ten minutes in this one posture, and you're all here, <laughs> and they're all like, what's she doing? What, what what's happening? Like, can can we Google analyze that with like a weird? Sh- I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> well. Um, uh, no surprise that there was a lot to talk about tonight, uh, as we're processing a big chunk of this book. Um, and I'm once again, thrilled that is resonating with all of you. And I look forward to us continuing our conversations as we continue to learn and unpack this. Anyone have anything final they want to share with the listeners before we peace out? Are we good for till next week? I think we're all good. All right. Well, thanks for listening and joining us this week, and we'll talk to you next next week. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Heart of It podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as the book club is continuing to unpack their latest and final book this season. Um, I wanted to take a quick minute and tell you about a program that is launching in August, which is called Leadership Legacies. In particular, this message is going out to anybody who may be leadership ideology alumni. So whether your employer paid for a leadership ideology, if you've ever done work with me in the past where the outcome has been 
I created a belief statement of who I am as a leader, this is for you. Leadership Legacies is an exclusive, free online community for leadership ideology alumni. And if you found yourself saying, that's me in the last few statements, then this community is for you. You're gonna wanna get in there and connect with these like-minded individuals who have all been doing similar work, been on a similar path, and have a similar vision as you. Come together in this community where we're gonna transform those statements into legacies by helping you solidify it, shape it, bring it tangible form and action, but also sustain you through this amazing supportive community. Not to mention, we've had constant requests for the next level of education in that program it's in legacies. So if you want access to our five-year continuing education program that formally starts in August, 2021, join today. Leadership Legacies, learn more at theheartcenter.com.